Well, good morning, Palm Coast, Florida. How are we doing this Sunday morning? I hope everyone is doing awesome. You know, I was just thinking about it the other day. Uh, many of you, and by the way, thank you. I see some folks in Publix and out and about, and they say, hey, you know, there are people listening to our golf show, so we really appreciate it. And, you know, if you do have a business or something you want to promote, we're all for it. I mean, come on out, let's sponsor, let's get you into the radio show um, and go from there. Uh, but no, you know, I was just thinking, I've been here since 1990, and what a beautiful place Flagler County is. And sometimes we take for granted um, where we live, you know. And some of you have been living here a month. Some of you have been here 10 years, 20 years. I've been here, God, since 90, so that's what... 33 years, going on 33 years. But, uh, you know, Flagler Beach, great restaurants, quiet, um, you know, uh, High Bridge. Have you, if you've never been to High Bridge and that beautiful scenic highway down by Halifax Plantation, you know, go down there. And the reason I'm talking about this is just, it's so, it's so crazy how we just take for granted some things. I, I got to tell you a story. So my sister Dawn, Poor Dawn. She was the only girl out of five kids. There was four boys and uh, and her. <laughs> and she got beat up pretty good growing up. But anyway, Dawn is awesome. Lives up in East Hampton, Long Island. As you may know, I grew up in Long Island. Um, but she sent a book to all the bros, my brother Timmy, Mark, and George. And it was called The Magic. Have you ever read the book The Magic or seen the movie? I think it's called The Secret. It's about gratitude, practicing gratitude. One of the best books I've ever read. Honest. I mean, it's, it basically talks about uh, law of attraction. Uh, the more positive we think, the more positive comes back to us in return. And we all kind of know this, but sometimes we need to be reminded of it sometimes. At least I do. I speak for myself. But if you want a great positive book to read, get yourself The Magic by Rhonda Burns and... Um, Again, it just talks about how, you know, um, we think we practice gratitude, but we really don't practice gratitude. So great book. Uh, go ahead and, and check that out. But also, you know, I was just talking to the, the producer and the folks here at the radio station. We got three awesome, well, more than three radio stations. I personally, here in Flagler County, love country music. I listen 98.7. Awesome. Great uh, mix of country music. 100.9 is some nice oldies. I'm a seven, uh, 68. I was born 55 years old. So I love the oldies, 70s and 80s and all that good stuff. But uh, And then, of course, you got 92.7 and then there's other radio stations as well. So, um, you know, again, this is all falling into, wow, where do we live in Flagler County? A really great part of Florida. So I've been traveling quite a bit. We're going to Fort Myers this weekend. Okay, I'll be in Fort Myers um, for my son's 14-year-old son plays travel baseball, as many of you know. So we've been traveling all through Florida. So we see Fort Myers. We see how busy and traffic is. And yes, okay, we've got traffic here in Palm Coast. There's no question about that. But when you visit other places on the West Coast, you see that we are um, really a nice part of Florida. Not to mention the cooler weather that that hits us come November December, January, February, March. So enough of that. Flagler County is an awesome place. And, um, uh, you know, I never really mentioned about, you know, I've been a golf professional for 25 years. Last week I read my little 25-year um, 
you know, letter from the PGA, from the president of PGA, which is kind of cool. And I'm, you know, kind of proud of that. I mean, if you work for someone for 25 years, it's pretty cool. But as many of you know, 2008, when we, the recession hit, the real estate really hurt the golf business. So I ventured out and got my real estate license in 2015. And I've been doing that and promoting golf ever since. And uh, so with that said, this is the first time I've ever promoted my real estate, but I work for Bright Homes. If you know of anyone moving to Palm Coast or Flagler County or this region, check out Bright Homes. Really new, great new builder energy efficient. We do solar panels. It's really a beautiful builder. Uh, brighthomes.com. Check them out. Um, and give me a shout if you ever need anything, obviously, in that, that respect. But uh, anyway, we got a great show for you. Rich Smith, PJ member, friend of mine. He was our executive director. He's been on the show before. Um, he, he uh, being the executive director of North Florida PGA, you know, he met a lot of people along the way. We had Jan Stevenson on and Cindy Morgan. If you all seen Caddyshack, Cindy was the uh, uh, Lucy Lovelace, I guess her nickname was. So we had them on. So you can check that out, too, by uh, going on, on to um, onto our website, WNCF or FlagLadio.com, and check out some of our uh, pods from before. But anyway, hey, how about a great week for Brian Harmon with the British Open, huh? Wow. This, you know, Brian is uh, five foot seven and he is a pit bull. I've always, and I say pit bull, you know, he went to Georgia. So, and that was no pun intended, frankly, on that. But this guy is always in the majors, isn't he? And that is tough. And I give him the utmost respect, man. That is amazing. Uh, what a tournament for him. One by what? Six shots, I think it was. Five or six shots. Great tournament. Um, I want to just talk about that a little bit. I mean, he stuck with his game plan. And if there's anything you can learn from there is, you know, he did not waver from his game plan. Um, you know, he lives up in Georgia. He went to University of Georgia, played really good. Kevin Kisner, who's on tour, he played with him, I think, as I think Kevin was a senior when Brian got on. But uh, anyway... You know, really kudos to Brian Harmon for playing some really good golf. And, you know, Justin Parsons, that's his instructor up in uh, George, South Georgia, I guess St. Simons or Sea Island, Georgia, in that area. Um, Justin was on an interview and I seen him and he talked about how the British Open is a little bit different than over here, obviously, in a lot of different aspects. But overall, the golf course looks different and it tends to be drier and harder, which you have to compress the golf ball when striking it to where if the ball was like sitting up on a really a tough to grass or real high, high uh, lie, it's a little bit different. So you have to kind of go after the ball a little bit in the British open um, courses, the way the courses are set up. And that really benefited Brian because he really, that's what the coach, his coach was saying um, about how you, your mind uh, your mental attitude changes a little bit. And trust me, here is one thing, you know, there's a lot of differences between tour players and, and the average player. We all know that. But striking the golf ball is ultimately the bottom line. That is the most important thing we're doing is striking the golf ball. Of course, we got to make the good swing and the me- good mechanics, but you still have to get the club face back to square one and strike the golf ball. And that's where the golf professionals at play every day, all day. That's where they have, you know, the benefit. They, they know to hold the lag. The lag is, and it's hard for me to explain on the radio, 
the lag is your release of your hands into the golf ball. And most amateurs, frankly, release too early. All right. And you lose power. Let's take baseball, for example. My son plays baseball. If you release the bat too early, you know, obviously you're going to hit it to left field or foul left, but you lose that power. You really want to hit the brick wall is this, the phrase that they say in baseball. Same thing with golf. You want to hit the brick wall. You want to really lag your wrist until the very end there. And it's timing and everything is timing. So uh, anyway, it was really cool to see him win, uh, Brian. I mean, look, he's, you know, he's, um, he's not the most exciting golfer in the world, but, but everyone's different. Everyone's got different personalities and everything. Uh, but what was really cool was him, um, not wavering off of his thought process. And with that said, I am going to get into Paul's positive approaches. All right. And again, you know, I'm not here to teach you, um, you know, the mechanics to it, you know, although I can, and I have given thousands of golf lessons, you have, you can click on Google and see some of the best instructors in the world. But I do play a lot of golf. I have played competitive and I have some nice little um, tips that can really help you. And I know it's true. First off, pitch shots. What's the difference between a chip and a pitch? A chip is a shorter shot than a pitch shot. A pitch shot is when you have to hinge your wrist and those are going to be your 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-yard shots. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if you don't have good confidence with the 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-yard shots, it's going to be tough to score well because you're going to have these shots quite a bit for 18 holes. You're going to have them, you know, a third of those shots, you're going to have some type of pitch shot. So here are my keys to getting some good, solid um, approach shots. Number one. Ball position, so important. You have to have the ball middle to back of your stance, okay? And in order to get that ball position good, you have to have established target line. So what do I mean by that? If you notice two of the best golfers ever, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, whenever they hit a golf ball, they stand behind the golf ball and they really do their due diligence and visualize. Not only are they visualizing the golf shot, but they're visualizing where they want the ball to go over. So they're picking something out eight feet in front of their golf ball, and this establishes their target line. When you establish a good target line, then you're able to see where your ball position is, if that makes sense. Look here, folks. I give thousands of lessons, and so many people think their ball position is in a certain spot, and it's really not. So when you establish that target line, you really get that um, ball position. Okay. So now your weight, you need to keep more on your left side. If this is if you're righty, obviously if you're lefty, it's going to be your right side. So you're keeping your weight on your forward side, your left side, and now here's the key. You got to keep your weight there and rotate your shoulders with good extension. You have to keep your head still. You don't want to rotate back to the right. Okay. And then, um, you know, your hands at impact got to be ahead of the golf ball at impact. So in other words, at impact, if you were to hang a string from your hands, they are physically ahead of the golf ball. Those are four things that I want you guys to, to really um, key in on. For the pitch shots is your good ball position towards your back of your stance, your weight towards your left side, great extension with your left arm, and good rotation of your shoulders. If you don't rotate your shoulders, you're going to be more arms and hands. That's going to give you more problems. So, uh, And then keep your hands ahead at impact. 
So look, that's one of the positive approaches. We got Rich Smith, PJ member, coming on board here in just a moment. So stick with us. Don't go nowhere. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with Rich Smith. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. We've got a good friend of mine and PGA member for many, many years, Mr. Rich Smith, who was our executive for the North Florida PGA. Rich, good morning to you. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, Paul. I'm doing fantastic. How about you, sir? Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. So uh, Rich and I, we, we speak a lot, and we're interested, like everyone, in the live uh, situation. And... Um, you know, it's a lot of speculation right now. We all know that. But we just got some some further word um, just just yesterday in regards to Jay Monahan making a, um, an announcement in regards to the players that were loyal are going to get a pretty good compensation, Rich. Did you see that as well, buddy? And what's your, what's your take on that? And also uh, that with the golf ball, with the USGA and RNA. I do want to talk about that on your on your feelings on the golf ball situation. Buddy. Sure. Well, I've got thoughts on both, and that's two topics which are related based on the current litmus test of the golf planet, but uh, also separate. Uh, first, on the announcement um, that they were going to compensate players that were loyal, I really don't know that they have any choice based on how Live was structured without burning some more emotional bridges, mm-hmm. especially in light of how this announcement came out with the players and the advisory board not knowing anything about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's further complicated by the lack of detail mm-hmm. that was buttoned up prior to making this announcement. Mm-hmm. As far as the golf ball being rolled back goes, long and short of it is, you know, I don't know that the PJ Tour, how strong they feel at the moment, uh, but, you know, just by taking which is their right to do 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Uh, picking a fight with the USGA, maybe the timing's not the best. Mm-hmm. However, I'll say, um, as a golf professional, a fan of golf, um, I'm not in favor of the golf ball rollback in general that USGA is proposing anyways. Mm-hmm. Because golf courses, everybody's playing the same course. Everyone's getting mm-hmm. the same percentage of increase in distance if the ball is better. And mm-hmm. frankly, it's my belief that when you're looking at a fun game with friends mm-hmm. or a serious competition amongst the world's elite, mm-hmm. that the golf course setup defines how difficult the test is going to be, not the equipment or the golf ball. The player mm-hmm. still has to hit it. They yep. still have to roll the rock. They still have to make the putts. And, mm-hmm. you know, yep. whether you hit it 350 or 240, everybody mm-hmm. still has a chance at making birdies. So yep. play on is what I say. No, and I, I agree 100%. And let's face it, when I'll never forget, when Bryson DeChambeau, you know, really made that uh, effort and he, you know, he, he put on weight, he worked out and it was at Bay Hill 
where he hit on hole number six. Folks, if you've ever been to Bay Hill, hole number six is a par five around the water. And it was Saturday, and Bryson was in the lead. I'm just I'm, I'm talking about how much fun it is that the ball goes the way it goes. And I, and I understand. There's Look, there's so many different looks at it. But that was an amazing feat. I certainly think he was leading the tournament on Saturday and went over that water and hit it three. I forget how far he carried it. And he did it on both days, actually. I think he did it on Sunday as well, if I'm not mistaken, because the wind was downwind. So to your point, my point is this. I We want excitement. You know, the viewer wants excitement, period. And I think, I think the excitement is there right now. I mean, the PJ Tour has got so much great players on it. Um, and, yeah, they're all hitting it far. We know that. But, well, again, you like... Know, the, the model is, is making birdies at the day-in, day-out PGA Tour event. You've got the majors, which are a little bit tougher, and the scoring is different for all four of them. Mm-hmm. And that's a setup thing based on the people that set up those, those events. Uh, but I'd like to share a little story since we're talking about the, the rollback. Yep. And this just popped in my head, and I believe you were there. Mm-hmm. This was either 2008 or 2009, but it was the North Florida PGA Section Championship uh-huh. at LPGA International in Daytona Beach. Yes. And mm-hmm. this was one of my first years working with the section, mm-hmm. first or second year. And I advertised at the section championship that every player, and we had about 90 players that year, I think, Mm-hmm. Um, at the turn would be in a long drive contest. And we had a small purse that was in addition to regular purse. Uh-huh. I think it was a thousand bucks, 500, 300, 200 for first, second, and third. That's cool. What yeah. we, what we didn't tell everybody is that it wasn't your traditional long drive contest. Uh-huh. We te- we teed up marshmallows for them. <laughs> so it, it, I know, you know, a guy named Jerry James He's a two time world long drive. Champion, sure. yeah. And he's a member of our section. Right. He was salivating. He goes, Rich, best thing ever done. This is like a week before the event, having a long drive contest. <laughs> when he gets there and I give him a marshmallow, he looks at me, he goes, Smith, what are you thinking? Um, and again, it wasn't about brute strength. It was really about technique. Uh-huh. Uh, and the three people that won were not your bombers. They were right. people with smooth swings that right. could make the marshmallow go as far as possible, which I think uh-huh. was like 11 yards. Yeah, um, but, but I love that story. You know, but the thing is, like, okay, so I played yesterday with uh, Joe Gutterman, Kenny Whitmer, okay, cool. and Joe's son Alex. Okay, we play. We've been playing every Wednesday afternoon at the conservatory, and right. so Alex hits it far, like he hits it far. So, yes, there is an advantage to hit it far. However, when you do hit it that far, geometrically the golf course is narrower. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, when you hit it further. The woods comes into play a little bit more. You know what I mean? If you're hitting it 150 yards straight, you're going to be in the fairway more often. So, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm back in your view and, and also my support of the golf ball, um, you know, f- pretty much staying the same where it's at right now and not being lowered because, you know, even Bryson, when he hits it far, he may be in a rough, deep rough where he's got to use, you know, a lob wedge to get out of that rough. So there's still talent to get around, you know what I mean? So I just think um, it's a wrong time to pick the fight, like you said, and I think driving it far is really an advantage, and it's also funner to watch, eh? And, you know, I mean, and going back to Jerry James, you know, I had Jerry at Palatka one time. We we hired him to do a long drive for a tournament, you know, and it was great, and he does drive it far. Holy cow. Um but uh, he also ran for what did he run for this year in Florida? Just so you all know. So if you heard the name before, Jerry James ran for. 
I believe it was state senate, but it could yeah. be state congress. I, I forget which one. Right. Uh, it was the state. Uh, it, was, it was Congress. I think it was. Whatever. But uh, anyway, you know, a little versatile. Jerry James is there, but uh, but no, I just think um, you know, going back, you know, I going back to the Saudis and this live golf. It's the amount of money that they have. I've seen a number that they have $750 billion to spend on sports. Because as we know, Rich, they are buying – they have a lot to do with the Indy Series now. They have a lot to do with other soccer. I believe they have investments into soccer. So I don't know. It's just a really weird time for sports right now with this situation and with the conglomerate or a monopoly or call it whatever you will. I mean, what do you think of them doing other sports, too? Have you thought of that as well? Well, a, a little bit. I mean, and only really after it started with the PGA Tour as a conversation. And, you know, there's a lot of chatter out there. And I don't really know all the facts, to be honest with you. you know, I don't know much about the PIF or the investment fund. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about all the conspiracy theories, but... If you look at it just from a business standpoint, sports mm-hmm. is big business and marketing across the board. Mm-hmm. So I think any savvy business person with the bandwidth to consider it mm-hmm. would see the value in that as a marketing vehicle. Um, now, how do I feel specifically about this thing? You know, again, I, I don't know all the details. What I think more about as a PGA golf professional, someone that's been in professional golf my entire life, mm-hmm. is how the tour is going to bundle all this together with the clunky announcement and all the backlash that came from that mm-hmm. and get everything back on an even keel. Because frankly, the PGA tour, not without some controversy, it's controversies have always been very watered down lemonade, mm-hmm. like not a super big deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm referring to the biggest controversy, which was the 68 split between the PGA of America and the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mostly amenable and made good business sense for both parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year was that, uh, Rich? Was that in 1968? Did you say? 68 is when it became official. It uh-huh. was in process for a couple of years before yeah. that. And that was, uh-huh. that was Jack and Arnie. And you know, the end all be all of that was, you know, you had club pros setting up the stuff for tour pros and the tour pros wanted to have a more defined sure. uh, setup. And they also wanted to have um, their own separate association inside the association. So they're still connected mm-hmm. very much. So yeah. Um, yeah. But more than just allied associations, we share a name, mm-hmm. we share a history, mm-hmm. we share a passion, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, the, the players wanted it to be non-exempt. I mean, back in the day, prior to 68, mm-hmm. um, players would Monday qualify every week mm-hmm. unless you were like a champion or a major guy. So, sure. you know, when Trevino started off, he wasn't a member of the tour. He was going to every Monday qualifier. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know how many spots they had back then, but I did a few in the 90s. You always had 100 to 200 people for four spots, yeah, right. which, means, which means even if you're really good, you're probably not playing Thursday and Friday, let alone the weekend. And then yeah. that, that lightning in the bottle, when you do qualify and you play Thursday and Friday, you're so rattled up from making it out of 200 people that right. most times people don't play that well and you don't make the cut, so you make no money. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But the All-Exempt Tour makes sense. 125 money list, you're back in next year, the next ones are conditional, mm-hmm. some go back to Q School. It's a better system. Yeah. to have the marquee players. You know, when we had when we were on with Jan Stevenson and Cindy Morgan, you brought up a great point that why aren't they, you know, I just think if Liv gave, uh, somehow we worked where we promoted more junior golf and LPGA, that would be a win-win for everybody. You know what I mean? 
and I was listening to Gary Coke. So Gary Coke got the Payne Stewart. You know, he got the Payne Stewart Award. I don't know if you heard that, but August 22nd, I think, is going to yeah. be the ceremony. And, you know, Gary, they, they give money to the charities, and Gary's going to give it to some junior golf uh, programs because – the PGA of America has the first tee program and some good programs, but what Gary's doing is kind of following the younger kids up through high school and through college, and they're giving more scholarships out and everything like that. And I think that that will, again, help the game grow and keep kids involved longer. You know, because a lot of times kids get involved, but then college and work hit, and then they don't play, you know. So, but anyway, congratulations to Gary Coke on winning the Payne Stewart Award, number one. I mentioned that last week. I think that's great. He's part of our section, which is awesome. And, um, you know, he's doing more for the junior golf. And I really think if, uh, I, I, I just, I think if Liv and Jay Monahan really specifically announce money going towards those areas, that would benefit everybody, obviously. So, well, yeah, it, it, on, uh, hit both those points on Gary. Yeah. He's a, one of the nicest people you've ever met. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd even say he's better than most, uh, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Pun um, and intended. As, <laughs> yes, and, and as far as Liv goes, you know, yeah. it, you referenced the the the, the uh, roundtable we had with Cindy and Jan, right. Maybe two months ago on this, and you know, I just think it's a completely dropped ball that yeah. LPGA and junior golf was not included at the date of the first announcement on this. Right. You know, I, I hate Agreed. the fact that it's an afterthought, and I know that the LPGA has made some inquiries about getting at the table, mm-hmm. but again, it, that's a big slight in the world of golf, not to have them at the table initially before the announcements even made. No doubt. And uh, it's a total, it's just a debacle. It's just yeah, a missed I, opportunity. I, yeah, it is a missed opportunity, and hopefully they can get back to it. So, uh, But, Rich, we, we really appreciate you coming on, buddy. We only have about a minute and a half here. So what I wanted to do is just kind of go over. I, I do like Paul's positive approaches, teaching things, and uh, I just try to give some really simple tips. And so for the folks out there uh, listening, so if you um, – and totally off topic, Rich, of the live golf and everything. But thank you very much for the, your uh, opinions and discussion on that. I just I like to when I teach. If you slice the golf ball, all right, and you're teeing off, remember what side of the tee marker you want to go on. So for the folks out there that hit the ball left to right, you know, a slice, line up on the right side of the tee box. This is for right-handers, obviously. Right side of the tee box, aim down the left rough line, and now your slice or fade will fall back into the center of the fairway. Vice versa, if you hook the golf ball, being righty, in other words, the ball is going right to left, line up on the left side of the tee box and aim down the right side, and you'll geometrically kind of make the fairway bigger. So some little things, tips like that can help you, and that's that's what it's all about, giving little tips here and there and trying to help you all out. So, um, But anyway, with that said, folks, we got the senior – uh, PGA British Open, the Senior Open. Rich, any comments on that, buddy? Who do you like? Anyone? The competition um, is incredible. I, I, I like there. them all, but I'd rather throw out a really quick tip after you mentioned that sure. thing about slicers Please. on the right side. Yes. All right. So, got how about many thirty people seconds. out there in radio? How many people out there in Radio Land have ever missed a one, two, or three foot putt? Raked it back really quick and hammered in the next one. You're like a thousand percent on the rake back hammering. Right. So, when I'm putting those short putts. Yes. My practice stroke, I pretend I missed it. My second stroke is my rebound putt, and I make all of them. Cool. It's a great <laughs> mental trick. I love it. Hey, and any mental trick we can take in this game, we should gladly accept because we know how difficult it is. So, hey, folks, thank you so much for tuning in, man. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, we've given you some good advice and 
giving some fun, fun uh, stories as well. So have a great week. Watch the Senior British Open. Rich, thanks for coming on, buddy. We'll talk soon. You got it, Paul. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Have a great week.